Hello, hello, everybody. Today's episode, we will focus on why you binge and how to stop. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello everybody. This is Katie Papo and we're here on the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, I'd first of all like to welcome you personally. And if you're not new and you've been listening, this is a great refresher episode. So if you're new to understanding why you've been binge eating and you it, it's been this mystery to you, this is a fabulous first episode to listen to. And I'll just start by, before we dive into the topic, talking about really who this podcast is for and how to know if you're in the right place. So if you are someone who you really value your life and you've noticed that your issues with food have been in a big way preventing you from fully living your life, um, this podcast is geared for you in the sense of uh, helping you understand why you've been stuck for so long. And a lot of our listeners have been stuck for a long time, recognizing that these issues with food have been getting progressively worse over time and have been holding you back from truly being present in your own world. So um, this is meant to give you some understanding and education and ultimately relief and peace. Because one of the things that we know to be possible is that ending eating disorders and, um, let me just back up for a second. Oh, and hi Leanne, nice to see you. Nice to see you again, welcome. So, and if you're listening live, please say hello. I just realized there's a handful of people who just hopped on live right now. So say hi, let me know you're here live. If you're listening to the replay, feel free to write replay. Um, <clears throat> the reason why I just said I wanted to back up a second is because there's this big misconception and it's a very widely accepted misconception that ending binge eating or eating disorders, binge eating disorder, food addiction, um, that it's actually not possible. There's a, it, it's very widely accepted actually that it's not possible. So you might've even heard this from some kind of professional. Um, you might've heard this in whatever support groups you've tried, that this is the kind of thing where you, you, you need to just learn to manage it and learn to cope with it. And a big part of this podcast is to spread the message that this is not the case. It's absolutely not the case. And to show you what is possible for you, not just uh, temporary relief or making it a day or two without binge eating, but getting to the place where food is a genuine non-issue for you and you can have true peace and ease and freedom with food. Um, 
in the sense of it's not just a, a free for all of, oh, I'm just going to stop caring and, and eat whatever I want. But in the sense of you don't need to try to force and control all the time because you're not harming yourself and you're not binge eating. And it's not something that you have to try not to do. It's something that you don't even feel pulled to do. It's not even something you think about. And this is possible even for you if you've been struggling for years. We've had people struggle for, I mean, decades, really, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 plus years, 70 plus years, I'm not even kidding, uh, get to this place where food is a non-issue for them. So um, this episode, what we'll do is we'll dive into exactly why you binge, because it is important to understand the underlying reasons why this cycle keeps happening. And with that knowledge, we can then move into how to actually stop and how to free, not just stop yourself from binging once, but how to free yourself from the cycle altogether. So, and why do we want that? It's not just for the health. It's not just for the weight. It's not just for the sense of accomplishment. It's so you can have your brain back and you can be fully present in your life. And that way, when you're present with your family, you're truly with your family. And when you're alone at home, you can truly enjoy that quality time and, and not be focusing on should I, should I, shouldn't I eat this or this is my time to binge or this is my alone time. Instead, you can really live your life free from the burden of compulsion and obsession with food. So a lot of people don't understand right? Because they'll just say, oh, just stop eating <laughs> or just don't bring that food into the house. And you're like, gee, <laughs> if it was that simple. So we're not going to be giving you silly solutions like that because those, let's face it, are not solutions. They're advice from people who don't truly understand what you're going through. So um, let's talk about the cycle that you've felt trapped in, why it's happening, and then how to free, release yourself, liberate yourself from that cycle so you can live a, a life that you're truly proud of and be in a body that's comfortable to be in and be in a brain that's peaceful, okay? All right. So yeah, Leanne's like, yeah, just stop eating. It's the worst advice, isn't it? The worst advice. So, um, and, and I know that you might've even gotten this advice from like a doctor or, <laughs> or a psychologist. We've had so many clients who have gotten that kind of advice, like, oh, just, just keep it out of the house or just take a walk or just don't think about it. <laughs> like, oh, really? I'm struggling with compulsion and obsession and you're telling me not to think about it. <laughs> oh, why didn't I think of that? Okay. Let's not, let's not get too much into that. Let's focus on solutions, shall we? Okay. So, the first thing that I find is helpful to look at when understanding why you binge, and by the way, if you're listening live, please type in your, your aha moments, your takeaways, uh, your questions. I'm happy to answer your questions if you're listening live. That's one of the benefits of catching me when I do go live. <coughs> Excuse me, and I'm sorry if I sound congested. I am congested. So I like to look at binge eating as a greater cycle, first of all. So if we're understanding why we binge, it's important to understand why the binge happens in the greater context of the cycle, because what most people 
don't recognize, and there's a good reason why you probably haven't recognized this, is that um, is that a lot of what we do and a lot of the advice that we're given and how to end binge eating is are actually the very things that propel us to binge more or that fuel even the next binge. And the more we can understand this and see this as a whole cycle, the more we can understand how not to keep fueling the cycle in the first place. Okay. And a lot of the advice that we're given, the bad advice that we're given does fuel the cycle. I've seen even on some of the top books on Amazon on binge eating, the advice that they give actually fuels and propels binges. And then what happens, which infuriates me, is that then people think that there's something, you you might think that there's something wrong with you. Maybe I'm just broken. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And the fact of the matter is there's nothing wrong with you. And I hope to prove to you today that that is absolutely the truth, that there is nothing wrong with you, that your brain and your body are working exactly as they should, and that um, the bad advice that you've been given is the real problem. It's not you. So um, so let's look at binging as the as part of a cycle. So now, as you know, with any cycle, we can say like which starts first, the chicken or the egg, right? We don't know which part of the cycle starts first. But what I've seen, it usually starts with some kind of restriction element. So this could look like going on a diet and you need to eat within a certain number of calories or it could just be like a food rule. It might not even be coming from a formal diet. It might just be that, oh, you learned with intermittent fasting that you need to eat within this window of time. So you're only going to let yourself eat within this window of time. Or it might be um, some kind of uh, restriction where maybe it's not like a calorie counting or a Weight Watchers kind of point counting diet, but it could be uh, that you can't eat sugar or flour. You can eat anything else, but you can't eat sugar or flour. It might be uh, that you've been trying specifically to lose weight. So you're just trying to uh, work on portion control. And you've been told that that's what you need to do in order to lose weight. So you've been keeping your food within these Tupperwares with different colored lids and (laughs) trying to manage portions. It could be that at some point in your younger years, maybe you turn to food uh, emotionally in some way, and you learned that that was, um, even though you were finding it helpful at the time, you learned that that was a bad thing to do, and therefore you tried to stop turning to food emotionally, and then over time you found that you became increasingly dependent on uh, food as an emotional coping tool. So um, there could be like a combination of the emotional element of I'm turning to food to deal with stress. I'm turning to food to deal with because I don't want to feel my feelings. Um, But even if that's the case, there's been some kind of restriction. And for those of you who have tried using willpower to stop binge eating, even that alone of trying not to binge, we would put in the restriction category, 
right? That I want to binge and I'm trying not to, right? Let, let's put that even in the re- restriction category. And if you've listened to past episodes of mine, you'll, you'll hear me use the term scarcity because whenever we're operating from that restriction mindset, I would put that into the category of scarcity thinking around food in the sense of either I shouldn't have this, or I need to stop myself from eating this, or I need to follow this food rule or stay within these parameters within my food rules, whether it came from a diet or something that I learned or a book that I read or someone who said I needed to lose weight or whatever it was. We would put that all under scarcity thinking around food. Now, what happens when we're in scarcity? That's the first question. And that's one of the biggest parts of the cycle that is absolutely imperative to understand if you want to end binge eating permanently without having to employ your willpower. Okay. Cause what I'm, the methods that I'm talking about here do not require willpower. They do not require motivation. They do not require you to, um, pep talk yourself and that you're not going to binge today, none of that is even going to be relevant anymore because binge eating becomes a non-issue with this method. So so in in that grand scheme of that cycle, if we start with restriction, we need to look at what happens next when we restrict ourselves or when we're in some kind of scarcity around food. And there's two effects, okay? It's important you understand both of these effects, especially if you've been struggling with weight as well. Um, Hello, Patty. Nice to see you. I've been loving seeing you comment on my videos lately, Patty. So um, I am very happy to see that you caught us live today. So let's look at the two effects. One of them is a psychological effect of scarcity. The other one is a biological effect of scarcity. Let's look at psychological first. That's a very simple one to grasp. And I'm sure you've experienced this before. Let's say we're going on a diet tomorrow. Let's say you and me together, we're gonna do it together. (laughs) We're gonna go on a diet tomorrow. And it's not a formal diet. We're not gonna get into all the calorie counting and macro counting and all that stuff. We're just gonna keep it simple. That's starting tomorrow. We can have anything we want, but we cannot have cookies and we cannot have chips and we cannot have cheese. Just those three things, cookies, chips, and cheese. Anything else we can have. Now, our diet starts tomorrow, okay? So we still have all of today to eat anything we want. Now, what do you think we're gonna go out and get? Right now, what do you think we're gonna go out and get? I know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get cookies, (laughs) I'm gonna get chips, and I'm gonna get cheese. Why? Because those are the three things I can't have starting tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to be eating those three things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner today because I'm, I'm worried that tomorrow I won't get to have those things. I'm going to feel deprived, so I got to get it all in now, right? So already we can see how psychologically just by saying you can't have these things starting tomorrow, now we, we want them even more today. And we're going to have even more of them today than we would have otherwise if we didn't even acknowledge that we were going on a diet tomorrow. Right? So, and this is also how it works with that concept of, and I'm sure you guys have done this, um, 
one last binge, right? I've had this so many times and we're hitting the end of the year soon. Right now it's November. And um, even I remember like the last day of the year, right? I would say things like, oh, well, this year I'm not going to binge this year. So I got to get it all in now. And I would eat and I would binge because I can't binge in the new year. And it's not just an annual thing, right? We can do this any day. We can say starting tomorrow, starting tomorrow, I'm going on my diet, starting tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to have this thing, starting to starting Monday, right? So how many times have we gone through that cycle? If you're listening live, just let me know in the comments if you've ever been through that cycle before. Give me a, a high five or an amen. <laughs> um, because that this, and I've gone through this cycle many times, where I've had one last time so many times. And that that one example can show you how the restriction alone is psychologically fueling the next binge. I might not have even been thinking about cookies or chips or cheese today, but as soon as you tell me I can't have them tomorrow, now it's on my radar and now that's all I want and I need to have as much as possible because tomorrow when I'm deprived, I'm, I'm going to be, and, and by the way, there's a biological element to this too. Look at, um, look at bears, right? They binge and, um, what's that word? Gorge themselves. Gorge. Is that the right word? They gorge themselves before the winter. Why? Because food will be scarce during the winter. Scarcity mindset. So it's not bad, right? Scarcity mindset is not bad. The reason why we want what we know that we won't have tomorrow, this is a very normal part of human psychology, human biology, because it helps us survive ultimately. And the brain and the body don't know the difference between when we're depriving ourselves on purpose or when it's a genuine survival situation. So those same mechanisms will kick in whether we're going on this diet on purpose and we're restricting on purpose or whether we're a bear <laughs> and we're there, we know there won't be food during the winter, so we have to binge and stuff ourselves now. So it's not bad, right? None of this is good or bad. It's just important to understand how we operate as human beings with food and with scarcity. So that way we're not fueling ourselves into the next binge. And if we tell ourselves, hey, starting tomorrow, I can't have this, we are absolutely psychologically working against ourselves by fueling the next binge, right? And you'll see this also, right? I know there's some very well-known books out there that promote that you set an intention to um, or set food rules around very specific foods that might be triggering for you. Or maybe you've gone to Overeaters Anonymous meetings and they tell you you need to avoid this food and this food. I don't remember if they have you pick specific foods or if it's like flour or sugar, but essentially they say don't eat these specific things. And I see this all the time too people who are sugar addicts who have been trying to restrict sugar for years. And um, 
for people who have been on keto, Atkins, paleo, and they can't stop eating carbs, <laughs> right? So it's the same principles here. And um, so psychologically, you can see how that works, but there's also a biological element to this. I led into that a little bit with the bear example, but when we're in scarcity, our body goes through certain functionings that promote a couple things. One, it promotes our inability to lose weight. And it also promotes our ability to gain weight. So, and this has been shown statistically as well in terms of diets. So different studies have shown different things, but it's usually been agreed upon that 95 to 98% of people who go on diets gain the weight back. And then there's another huge percentage of people who gain the weight back plus more and will gain like 10, I can't remember exactly, it was like 10% more for every diet they've done. Now, why does it happen this way? And, and why, why would we keep dieting? That's basically like saying, um, if you're trying to get rid of your acne, you take this acne cream and then there's going to be like an 80% chance that you're going to have even more pimples than you had when you started. So why do we do this? We'll go into that in a second. But the key to understand here is that when we're in scarcity, right? Think about how just hu like human history, when we're in scarcity around food and we're in a survival situation, the body specifically will hold on to fat for dear life. It will hold on. Why? Because if you're in a genuine survival situation, then it's super dangerous to lose weight. Super dangerous. So when the body senses that it's in scarcity, which is a combination of like a mind and body thing, because we, we, the thoughts and our, and our body's reactions will always be connected. The body goes into a state called the fight or flight response, which is the opposite of the rest and digest response. Um, and in the fight or flight response, the body, um, the metabolism slows down, the body holds on to fat, and any, anything that, that you do eat, the body will like hold on to and try to keep. So what happens when we go on diets um, is there might be an initial weight loss, which gives the illusion that it's working, but ultimately what's happening is your body does not want to go into that state because it perceives it as scarcity. It perceives it as survival. So not only will it fuel cravings, so you'll have even more cravings than you normally would if you never did that, but it will also hold on to weight. And then every time you go into scarcity after that, the body will recognize it and it will make it even harder to lose weight and easier to gain weight out of its kindness to you, <laughs> right? Which we don't perceive it that way, but ultimately that is how it's protecting itself. 
So psychologically and biologically, we are working against ourselves if we are trying to lose weight or stop binges through restriction or scarcity. So anytime you tell yourself, I can't have that, or I shouldn't eat that, or don't binge, or don't eat outside of these hours, or only eat this amount, or you can only have two cookies, anytime you are bringing that into your consciousness and into your world, and especially if you've done more extreme diets where you've actually followed very specific rules or you've lost big amounts of weight in, in short amounts of time, that is like a huge red flag alert for the body and it will compensate psychologically by causing more cravings and biologically by um, raising your base weight and helping you hold on to weight. And we see this, right, with us because we're intent, we're doing it on purpose. Like I said, remember the body and mind, they don't know the difference between what's intentional and what's a, a true threatening situation. So what happens? The exact opposite of what we want and what we're going for, which for us is incredibly frustrating. And and not only is it frustrating, but it's working exactly against what we've been striving for. So we feel like not only is it, are we failing, but we're, we're constantly exhausted because we're working against ourselves. We're working against our psychology. We're working against our biology. And, and we don't understand why, because essentially the harder you try to not binge, for example, the more you want to binge. The harder you try to not eat the carbs, right, the more eventually you will want the carbs to the point where you can't take it anymore. So and, and then you're just going to binge on them and then you're going to feel horrible. Right. And we've all been this. We're like seeing how the cycle kind of loops itself. Then we feel horrible and we feel so guilty because, oh, my God, I just spent all this time, all this energy, probably all this money, too just trying to get myself healthy and trying to get myself on a good path with some good habits here. And now I'm undoing all my hard work. So we say, what the hell is wrong with me? Like this is against my goals. And I know that it, I'm not going to feel good after I binge, but I keep doing it anyway. Why is this happening? And the reason why it's happening is because every time you restrict yourself like that and you're in scarcity around food, then, um, it's like pouring, it's like trying to put out a fire by pouring gasoline on that fire. And you're like, I don't want to binge anymore. So I'm going to try really hard not to binge. And I'm going to set all these food rules, not realizing that those food rules are the very thing that's fueling the binges. So you're pouring gasoline on the fire and the fire is getting bigger. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so out of control. I need to just pour more on. <laughs> So I need more food rules and I need it to be even stricter. And, and then that fuels even more binges. So the scarcity and the restriction is actually fueling the problem. And yet there's all this conventional wisdom. And we know that conventional wisdom is never <laughs> really super wise. But there's all of this literature out there and um, common knowledge, I guess, out there that says that 
you need to be even more on top of it and you need to have even more restrictions and go on medically supervised fasts and go on really low calorie diets and um, try with all your willpower to distract yourself and to not binge and to, or in Overeaters Anonymous to pray to a higher power that you'll have the strength to resist. Meanwhile, the more you're trying to resist, the more you're creating the very thing that's causing all the cravings and causing all the weight gain. And what happens is then we're left with this feeling of defeat and hopelessness and this feeling of what's wrong with me. And this is the part that infuriates me the most is that we are led to believe that there is actually something wrong with us when in reality, this is natural human response. Anybody who has gone through diet after diet, food rule after food rule, would end up in this place. In fact, not only statistically has it been shown that this is the case, that 95 to 98% of people who go on diets gain the weight back, and often plus more, but because that became this well-known, I mean, it's not well-known in the sense of the grand scheme of things, but it became in like the... Um, I guess, part of the scientific world, that this was like this well-known phenomenon. So there was actually someone who was trying to help people gain weight. And he did a study and restricted them to see if that would help them gain weight. And it did. And the more that he restricted them, the more weight that they gained. And um, so even though there's that initial drop of weight, usually when we, when we restrict it right off the bat in an extreme way, what we forget is, or don't realize is that that's part of like a huge cycle. And that's only that little piece, but ultimately it's going to lead to more of the cycle. So that's how the, that's the two ways that the restriction fuels the opposite of what we want and fuels more binges. Um, cause anytime we feel like we're going into that restriction mode, it fuels binges even more. And if you've been, and this is going to be really important for those of you guys listening who have gone through and let me know in the comments, if this is you, if you have done like every diet under the sun and you've tried so many different food rules, so many different diets, so many ways to lose weight that would fall under the restriction category of portion control or counting calories or macros or trying to reach a certain number on the scale or any of those things, give me a like or give me a comment if that's you. This is going to be so important to understand that because you've done that so many times, you have trained your mind to live in scarcity around food all the time. So all you need to do is see, let's say, a cookie and your brain goes, oh, I shouldn't have that or that's going to make me gain weight or that's your brain automatically. It's like not even conscious, but you'll just see it or think about it and say, oh, I shouldn't. If your brain goes into I shouldn't, then you're living in that scarcity mindset. So even if then you took yourself off of a diet 
and you say, that's it, I'm not dieting anymore. Your brain is still wired that way in scarcity around food. So that's why sometimes um, if you just try to get off of all of those things and you try not to follow the food rules anymore, that's why it like turns into a huge binge because it's a response from that scarcity. So if we were to kind of zoom out now, based on what I just explained, and we can look at the greater cycle, you could see that it starts with some kind of restriction of I shouldn't. Then it builds up psychologically, biologically, we, we, get, we get these cravings, right? And we try to fight the cravings with willpower, but eventually the, that fuels the cravings even more and then they become even stronger. And then eventually we give in. And it can look like a binge. It can look like the floodgates have opened <laughs> and now I'm spiraling. Then what happens? We binge. It feels amazing at, for that first second and then it feels horrible. And then we have all this guilt and all this shame and all this disappointment in ourselves. So then we say, well, now I really got to buckle down. Now I really got to get serious. Now I have to be even stricter. And we set a new set of food rule restrictions, which then fuels the next round of the cycle and then the next round of the cycle and the next round of the cycle. And this can go on indefinitely unless we understand how to break the cycle. Does that make sense? So this is the first part of what I wanted to talk about today is why you binge. Let me know if you have any questions on that. Um, now we'll move into how to stop it, how to break that cycle, okay? And the question needs to be not just how do we stop, because if we, and this is like kind of the, the tricky part of this. If we were to try to just get ourselves to not binge, ultimately, what are we still doing? We're still fueling restrictions because we're trying not to binge. So instead, we need, and, and you know that, that saying, what we resist persists. What are, where our attention goes, our energy flows. The more I try not to binge, the more I'm trying to avoid binging and do everything I can in my power to not be around that food. Where am I, where's my attention ultimately going? To binging, to that food. My whole world is still about binging because I'm trying not to binge. And then I'm fueling more binges because I tell myself, well, starting tomorrow, I can't binge. So today I'm going to binge. So it's tricky. <laughs> so, um, and this is ultimately the work that we do. If you're new to the podcast, excuse me, I just need to cough. <coughs> Actually, I'm just going to mute for a second so I can have a big cough. I haven't been um, talking this much <laughs> since I've been sick. So sorry about that, guys. So it's a bit of a tricky situation because um, we don't want to continue to fuel 
the binges. And because, especially if we've been in scarcity for so long, we don't even necessarily recognize that we are. So it can be tricky. And this is ultimately why um, we created the Rewired Eating Program. For those of you guys who are new to it, um, this is our signature program that we have. It's our paid program. Um, and it's for people who have been really stuck in this cycle for a long time and understand theoretically why they've been stuck and they haven't been able to break the patterns or rewire their brain back into um, the thinking of a normal, peaceful eater, someone who food is just a non-issue for. Because ultimately, that's where we do need to get to. If you want to end binges permanently, but without the restriction and the willpower and the force, the answer ultimately has to be getting ourselves back to normal, peaceful eating, which for those of us who don't even remember what that's like or who have never even experienced that before, this can feel like almost an impossible journey, which is why we we don't just have the free support. We have um, an option for someone who's, you know, really serious about ending their eating disorder and creating an entirely new relationship with food and need the guidance and the know-how to do it. So um, what I'm going to do now is kind of outline that process for you. So that way you can see how this is actually possible for you, even if you've been struggling for a really long time and how you can get to that place where food is a true non-issue. And what do I mean by non-issue? Let's say, um, let's use an example of like going out to a restaurant. I like to just give like real life examples so you can see. So let's say I'm struggling with binge eating or I have an eating disorder. Going to a restaurant is going to be like a whole thing in my head right? I'm going to, first of all, worry which restaurant am I going to so I can study the menu ahead of time, decide what I'm going to have, count what I should have earlier that day or what I'll let myself have later or what will I order? Will I order dessert? Won't I order? Should I order appetizers? Should I get the salad or should I get the thing I really want? Should this be like a cheat thing? Should this be like, it's like a whole thing before you even get there. And then once you get there, it's not just dealing with yourself, but you're also now observing everyone else and how they're eating. And you might notice that there's somebody who gets a food that you might consider to be like triggering for you, but you notice that they're not struggling with it and they're just eating it. They might leave some of it on their plate. You can see that they're like not even thinking about it. They're involved in conversation. They're enjoying themselves. The waiter might come and take their food away and they like barely notice or maybe then they order dessert and they have like a few bites and then they're super content you're just like how are you not thinking about the fact that there's like more dessert on the plate how are you not obsessing over this and um i understand this because i've been in both camps i was that person who could not believe like sitting with a normal eater that they're not bugging out and that they're not constantly thinking about it and i've also been that person who who leaves the dessert on the plate and doesn't think about it and forgets that there's cookies in the house, um, which I never thought would be possible back when I was binge eating. So I've, I've lived both in both worlds and I know what, how life-changing it is for food to be a non-issue. So you can just be yourself and be in your life and not have food be all consuming. 
So ultimately, that is the way to end binge binges permanently is to get to that place where you just are that effortless, peaceful eater, or as a lot of us would call it, normal. I don't love the word normal. If you guys know me, you know it's not my favorite word, but it's the word that a lot of us use. So I use it to, so you understand what I'm talking about, is just having a normal relationship with food where food is just food and I enjoy it right? But I'm not constantly thinking about it. It's not like the main thing that's consuming my mind. We've had some clients who they were even dreaming about food. They would have dreams about food because they were, that's where their consciousness was all the time. So in order to get to, we need, in order to, to be a normal eater, we need to actually think like one. And when we think like one and we eat like one, right, then, and we repeat that enough times, the brain is now trained no longer in scarcity, no longer in restriction, but it's it's trained um, to believe that you can have whatever food you want anytime. And ironically, because a lot of us think like, oh, well, if I tell myself I could have whatever I want all the time, then I'll just eat whatever I want all the time and then I'll really be in trouble. But ironically, what happens when you, not just when you tell yourself that and you're trying to trick yourself into that, but when you genuinely have this energy of abundance around food, then you're not worrying or wanting for it. Unless, of course, you're actually hungry and then of course you're gonna eat food and it's not an issue. So it doesn't really work if we're just trying to trick ourselves and say, oh, I can have whatever I want, whatever I want. Because if you don't really believe that or if then there's a voice in your head that follows it up saying, yeah, but then of course you're gonna gain all the weight and then you're gonna eat everything, then we're still in scarcity ultimately, aren't we? So we need to get to that place of genuine abundance where um, not only are you eating peacefully and, uh, and you're really enjoying your food, but you're also in this place of knowing that you can truly have whatever you want whenever you want. So you're not left wanting. Right. Like if I in that in that diet example where I said, um, what were the foods where we can't have uh, chips, cheese or cookies? Right. If I hadn't mentioned that. Right. You're not think you don't have cookies, chips or cheese on your radar. Right. So unless I, you know, genuinely genuinely want one of those things, I won't have it. Or when I do have it, it's it's not a big deal because I'll just have it and then I'm over it and then I'm done. I've moved on, right? Which is why someone can have like a bite of dessert and it's a non-issue. And what's interesting about this, and especially from someone like me who was addicted to sugar specific, I was addicted to many things, but I went through a big sugar addiction phase. And I believe that I was one of those people who could not have it I knew that there was like some kind of chemical reaction that was probably affecting me and maybe that was somewhat true. But ultimately what ended up happening as I shifted out of having an eating disorder and now I'm more normal eater, I used to not be able to have like any cookies in the house or I would just eat them all immediately. I would have them all in one night. Now I can easily and often do forget that certain things are in the house. We've had Halloween candy just sitting there in a bowl 
because we thought we'd have all these trick-or-treaters and we didn't. So we got all this candy and then no one came. So we have like this huge bowl of candy and it's just sitting there. And I didn't really think about it until now when I'm trying to come up with an example for you guys. So that is, and, and I see, and this is not unique to me. I promise there's nothing special about me because I see this all the time with our clients too, that they don't believe that they can have something in the house and not obsess about it. And then suddenly they, they realize they open the cabin and they're like, Oh, I forgot that this was even here. And they never believe that that could happen to them. I've seen this happen so many times, maybe even now hundreds of times that, um, and experienced it also so much myself that I've seen this to be true again and again and again. So, um, so this is ultimately the way that we need, or I should say, um, the state that we want to wire our normal state of being into is the state of genuine abundance around food. Because if we're not constantly triggering the scarcity, we're not constantly triggering the cravings. And the cravings are specifically coming up because of that. Now, some of you might have this question, This is, and it's a good question, and um, it comes up a lot is, yeah, but what if I need to restrict in order to lose weight? Or what if I need to restrict because I have health issues? Or what if I need to restrict because I'm on a budget? And here's the thing. If restriction actually caused you to not eat the thing, right, then I would say, okay, so go ahead and restrict. But the thing is, is it doesn't right? That's the whole problem here is that you've told yourself, I need to restrict for these reasons. And then you eat even more and you binge. So is the restriction actually even helping you restrict? It's not. It's actually the opposite is happening. You're telling yourself that you're restricting, but ultimately what's happening in real life is you're binging even more. So in a perfect world where we could just say, oh, don't eat that, and then we don't eat that, right? That would be a viable solution. But if you've been trying to restrict because of whatever valid reason you think you should, and then you've still been binging, then that just shows that the restriction is causing more eating, right? It's causing more binging. So it doesn't matter what legitimate reason you've been told you should restrict, whether it's for health or for other reasons. Ultimately, if it's not, you're not doing it. Does that make sense? So that's why if willpower isn't working, if dieting isn't working, if food rules aren't working, which for the majority of people, those will not work, especially not long term, then we need to get to the place where we are a genuinely peaceful eater. Leanne, you were talking about how right now you are a peaceful eater. And when you pay attention um, to your body specifically, the, the easier it is to be that way. And this is one of the big pieces in what it takes. It's not um, a mental game. It's actually learning how to tune in to your body and make decisions from that place because most of us are not making decisions from that place. In fact, most of us are completely disconnected 
from the body. And we've been making all of our food decisions from our head. And you'll know that this is the case if you've been telling yourself, I should, I shouldn't, this is good. Excuse me, this is good, this is bad. You've been making your decisions from your head. And what we need to do if we're going to be um, having a really healthy relationship with food that is actually going to serve our body and um, help us create the most ideal, healthy body for ourselves, right? This is not, taking away the restrictions is not a resignation to being fat, which was a question that I got those exact words the other day. Like, am I just resigning to being fat here by taking away the restrictions? No, it's actually quite the opposite because we know that restriction is what actually causes weight gain. And number two, if you're, if you're going to have a healthy body, like a truly healthy body that doesn't take so much effort from you to sustain, that means you're just listening directly to your body. Isn't that a novel concept, but so obvious that if we want a healthy body, we need to actually listen to the body and not the mind because the mind is not the one that's eating. The body is. So this is the practice and this is what the, these are the steps that we train our clients in. The first thing is we have to let go of the food rules, right? And the restrictions and embrace the, the abundance mentality around food. When we do that, the edge of compulsion falls away. The obsession falls away. We're no longer compulsive or obsessive around food. We don't have to be. We're not in scarcity anymore. So all of that obsession and compulsion, compulsion falls away. But what, what do we need to put in its place? We can't just have a void. We need to now know how to eat, right? So the how, right, that's reconnecting with your body. That means relearning hunger signals. That means relearn, which might have left you for a while. I mean, they don't really leave, but we too, we learn to drown them out. In fact, when we're on diets, we're actively overriding hunger signals, which is incredibly dangerous. Um, so we need to relearn hunger. We relearn fullness. We relearn satisfaction. And we learn to make those decisions from the body. And if we don't have compulsion coming up and the mind fighting us every step of the way, because we're no longer creating, um, we're no longer living in scarcity. So the mind isn't coming up with these like intense cravings anymore. We learn how to have a relationship with the body without the mind getting in the way so much. And also we learn that when the residue of, of our past eating disorder or past uh, scarcity, when that creeps in, we learn how to deal with the mind in a way where we're not restricting ourselves and we're still honoring the body and we're paying attention to how we physically feel. Um, yeah, Leanne just gave a great example. She said, I was at my mom's house. She had a bowl of mini Kit Kats for trick-or-treaters. I looked at it and didn't think twice. It was such a relief. And that's um, that's exactly what I'm talking about is it's not, should I have the Kit Kats? Shouldn't I have the Kit Kats? Um, maybe I'll just have one. Maybe I'll just let myself just tonight. Or maybe I'll, starting tomorrow, I won't have any. So I'll just have as many as I want tonight. Like it's none of that. That's the thing. It's none of that. What it actually feels like is, oh, I'm hungry, so I'm going to 
eat this. Oh, that feels good. Or that doesn't feel good. And if it doesn't feel good anymore, then I stop and then I move on and I don't think about it. So that's what we're talking about here when it comes to um, making food an actual non-issue. I need to, oh, I'm only on 3% battery and I, I need to move my computer to an outlet. I've just changed offices. Where's my charger? All right, I'll move in a second. So this is the idea, guys. Um, is you're creating a new frame of mind. I'm just, pardon me, I'm just moving my computer. You're creating a new frame of mind around eating. Oh, my lighting won't be as good now. That's all right. We're fine. You know what I look like. Um, and once you have that new frame of mind around eating and then you're not creating all of these really intense cravings for yourself, then it's so much easier to practice listening to your body. And the beauty of that is when you're actually listen to, listening to your body, you're giving yourself what you actually need. And when you give yourself what you actually need, that means you're not in scarcity anymore. So now you're fueling this really positive cycle of when you're hungry, you eat, and then you feel satisfied, and then there's no cravings. And if you have... Um, uh, emotions that come up that are uncomfortable, you experience those emotions. And um, yes, you're so welcome, Leanne. So, um, so, so you're actually crave, um, creating a very positive cycle for yourself. And what happens to your body then is your body learns, oh, I'm totally safe. I don't need to hold on to all this extra fat, right? I'm always getting the food that I need. So the body can actually move into this really nice equilibrium where it's not holding on to anything extra because it doesn't have to. There's no scarcity. So then the body um, finds its, its happy place and finds its happy weight without you thinking about weight. And that's the, the ironic crazy part right? Is that when we're so weight obsessed, we're only gaining weight. <laughs> Even if we've lost some, we're going to gain it back and we know it. We know it. And that's why it's so demoralizing. So how do we lose weight, right? Without trying to lose weight is you just practice listening to your body and feeding yourself what you need when you need it. And then your body learns that it's safe and your body learns, oh, I don't need to hold on to anything extra. I know I'm going to get fed whenever I need to get fed. I can let this go. I know I'm, I'm going to get another meal. You're training your body to be in abundance. And your mind is also in abundance. So you're not worried, right? You're, there's no subconscious worry. There's no worry at all. Because you know you can have whatever you want whenever you want. And then the obsession over certain foods also goes away. When I used to tell myself I can only have pizza for one more day because starting tomorrow I'm on my plan, right? All I could think about was pizza. And I would eat pizza like every single day, binging on it because starting tomorrow I can't have it. Now, like last night I, was, I had a hankering for pizza. Shahar and I went out for pizza and we enjoyed it. And then I came home. And that was it. And now I haven't thought about pizza since because 
I don't care. <laughs> it's a non-issue. You see how that works? So it's not that I can't have those foods anymore, that I'll never want those foods, but now I'll have pizza like once a month, or I don't know how long, I don't keep track of it, but now I'll have pizza like once a month versus like fighting myself not to eat it every single day. You see the difference there? And I promise you, I've lived in both camps and our clients have all lived in both camps. And I see this happen every time someone goes through a, re a rewired eating program, they are convinced. They go, what if I'm the only one this won't work for? What if I don't have hunger signals anymore? I don't even remember what it was ever like to be a normal eater in the first place. Like I've had these issues since I was a kid, right? I've always struggled with food. This has been like part of my identity. Like I can't imagine not binging. Like the, this is the state that pretty much everyone we work with comes into and they all have the same fear that like this is not actually possible for them. But what I'm here to convey is that it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling because everybody, no matter who you are, if you've gone through these ringers of scarcity like you have, anybody would have that same reaction. And therefore also, if when you go through and you create that abundance mentality and you learn how to listen to your body and you learn how to deal with your mind properly without um, enforcing more scarcity, then what happens is the opposite, right? You turn into a peaceful, normal eater where food becomes a true non-issue for you. We've seen it happen more times than I can count at this point. And um, if you're new to the podcast, we actually have lots of stories of people who have gone through this process who struggled. I struggled with binge eating for about 10 years, but most of our clients have been struggling for like triple the amount, that amount of time or more. And we have them, them talking through the stories as well. So it's, it's going to be really helpful for you if you're new, especially here, to start getting in your head um, and repeating it again and again the possibility of this for you by hearing of, of other people who are like you, who've gone through this process and have, have done so successfully and freed themselves from this cycle and then got to experience the, all the positive effects of that. Because not only then does the body become healthier um, without you even having to focus on that, but also you're, you're more present in your own world right? You can go out to a restaurant, enjoy the company, come home, and it's not even a thing, right? You can have whatever food in the house, and it's not even a thing. You can be present with your family when you're actually with your family. You can enjoy your quality time by yourself. You can enjoy your quality time with others without food being this constant buzzing in the background, right? You can feel integrity in yourself because you're actually doing the things that you say you're going to do instead of setting these promises and these rules for yourself and then failing them, right? That erodes a person's self-trust over time. But the more you feed yourself and the more you um, do it from that place of abundance and from actual body listening and the body feels that it's taken care of, then you're building self-trust again. And the more you do this, the more you repeat this, the more this becomes your normal. Now your brain's trained like that. Your brain is wired like that. You can't undo that unless you went back into scarcity mode. You get that? So that is hopefully a good summary for you of why you binge and how you can stop. And you can look, um, 
explore more of the episodes on this podcast to get into other pieces of this process because there's the physical process, there's the mental process. Um, it is a comprehensive process that's important to understand all the pieces. Um, but the more you listen and the more you understand and the more you see also that there's nothing actually wrong with you. Like, really, there's nothing wrong with you. In fact, if you've been in this cycle, like, that shows that your brain and your body are working properly. That's the truth. There's nothing wrong with you. And um, and this is this is very important to remind yourself that there's nothing wrong with you, that everything is working properly. And now you just need to learn how to work with yourself instead of against yourself, to work with your psychology instead of against it, to work with your biology instead of against it. And then your mind is much more peaceful. Your body is much more healthy and happy. Um, and this is also for, and this is more for those of you who have been listening to us for a while. If you know that you really can't do this on your own because you've been struggling for so long and you know that you need the guidance and the support and you want a really solid structured strategy that you just need to show up, follow, execute where you're going to have our personalized support and feedback the whole time. That's what rewired eating is for. That's our 12 week immersion. Um, it is a commitment. It is a commitment to your long-term mental and physical health and leaving this whole cycle of eating disorders behind you. Like this is the program that ends eating disorders, okay? So um, we've designed this in a very structured way, in a way that can very predictably get you these results of helping you become a totally peaceful eater where food is a non-issue and you're working with your body instead of against it. And we help you every single step of that way. It's kind of like, you know, walking a new path. Um, if you are walking by yourself and you've never walked this trail before and it's unmarked, <laughs> right? It's hard, right? And it's easy to get lost in the woods and you don't wanna get lost in the woods. So um, that's when we bring a guide and we follow a marked path and where we know that many other people have walked this path before and that you will have the guidance. So um, if that's what you want, I recommend you check out the Rewired Eating program where we guide you very personally through this process. And you can find information about that on my website, katiepapo.com forward slash program katiepapo.com forward slash program. And if you have any questions, if you have fears you want to talk through, um, concerns, feel free to just reach out, let us know, and we're going to be there to help you along the way. So I hope you found this episode helpful in understanding why you binge and how to come out of it without willpower, without fighting yourself, and instead of actually working with yourself and having your healing process be a truly peaceful process. So, um, with that, I will say see you on the next episode and talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie.